Welcome to the CX Fanatics podcast, the show that helps DTC businesses increase revenue, referrals, and retention through exceptional customer experience. Tune in weekly for interviews, insights, and inspiration that will catapult not only your profits, but your growth. I'm your host, Elisa Connor. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you are new here, I'm Elisa Connor, and I own a company called DTC Growth Club, and we help people optimize and create subscription models so that they can increase their revenue as well as get their time back. So this week we are talking about the next generation of buyers. If you haven't bothered yourself with focusing on Gen Z, you might be a little late to the party because this is the next group of buyers coming into the marketplace and the way that they purchase, the way that they connect, and the way that they support brands is very different than previous generations. And so if you aren't aware of their differences and uh, what makes them tick, this is a great episode to tune into because as I said, the things that are important to them and the way that they make buying decisions are very different than what we have been accustomed to. And so this episode um, could be, this is being recorded and delivered towards the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. And so you could take this episode as a, opportunity to plan into next year, your strategy, um, to really focus on ways to attract Generation Z buyers. And I hope that you will do that um, because this is such a unique generation. I have three kids that are this age and I have seen the way that they contemplate and make buying decisions and it's very interesting. Um, and it's very different than even I, and definitely the, the way that their grandparents make purchasing decisions. So um, without further ado, let's dive into that. And I hope that you'll take some of these and utilize them um, as part of your strategy for 2024, because this is the next generation of buyers. And if we aren't paying attention to them now, um, it will be detrimental to you later and it might be harder for you to pivot and meet them where they are. So that leads us to number one, which is a lot of different brands are in the bad habit, for lack of a better term, of just showing up where they wanna be with their business and instead of meeting their clients and the people that they're trying to sell to where they are. Um, and a lot of this comes from just being comfortable and for example, on Instagram or Facebook, just being comfortable there. And that's where, um, you know, how they work, you know what to do, you know how to, now it's called X. So I don't know if we still call them tweets or if we call them Xers, I don't know. But, um, you know, if that's where you're used to hanging out, but this next generation isn't there, you're missing out on the opportunity to market and sell to them and bring them into your business's ecosphere. And so tip number one is to really meet them where they are. And I can guarantee you that they're not on Facebook or rarely on Instagram because that's where their parents are. And are you going to hang out in the same places where your parents are? Or would you when you were their age? Probably not. And so 
um, a lot of what's happening over on Instagram is repurposed content from TikTok. And so a lot of these kids are on TikTok, they're on YouTube, they're on Snapchat, um, and they are just hanging out in different places than we are accustomed to marketing as businesses. And so if you aren't exploring those places or you don't have people on your team that are um, more comfortable in exploring those spaces for your business, bring them on, find somebody that is or jump into the pool and do it yourself. But if you're wanting to attract that next generation of buyers and most subscription models are, um, figure out how to get over there and, and speak their language and show up where they are. Uh, the next place that they do a lot of communication is texting. They spend almost all of their time texting or Snapchatting. Um, my kids don't even, I don't even think they text that much anymore. I think they mostly Snapchat. They'll answer me if I text them, but I think they mostly Snapchat with their friends. So figuring out how to get on this device and in front of their faces is going to be really important if you're wanting to cater or bring these buyers into your world. And then, um, the other piece, you know, I mentioned YouTube is that this is a generation that is very much interested in learning and educating themselves, which is why they love YouTube, um, is because it's basically free education on anything they want to do. And so, um, and that can be anything from cooking to video games. Like they spend a lot of time on YouTube and I'm trying to think what the other, um, the other app, it might be Twitch, but one of the live streaming apps, I think it's Twitch. And so how are you educating around your product or service to that generation on the platforms that they're on, not on the platforms that you're used to? And so that's number one is like meeting them where they are, figuring out where they are and how are you showing up there? And are you going to show up in the same way that you show up on Facebook and Instagram? Because if you are, it's not going to cut it. And so it's more than just like taking what you're doing on other platforms and putting it over there. You have to show up natively on that platform. Like for example, TikTok. TikTok is a lot more about, well, one, it's a lot more in your face and authentic. And two, it's a lot more about entertainment and engagement and conversation, I think, than any of the other platforms. And so it takes a different strategy to show up over there effectively. And the brands that don't show up natively in that app are struggling. And so um, that would be my other word of caution when going to those other apps is that, you know, if you're going to show up on different social media locations, make sure you're showing up in the way that they are used to interacting, not the way that you are accustomed to. So number two, um, I kind of put this in here as a joke, but um, it was that they're just not that into you. So instead of like, you know, um, it, it was kind of tongue in cheek is that if you are just showing up as a brand, like you normally show up for every other audience, that's going to be their reaction. Um, it's probably going to be like in a different lingo, but that's basically what they're saying. 
And so when you're looking at your brand, some things to take into consideration if you're wanting to work with Generation Z and turn them into consumers is that what are your brand ethics? Are you aligned with environmental, uh, with the environment, with sustainability, with equality, um, all of those things? Because all of those things are important um, to this generation as a whole. Now, are all of those things important to every person in this generation? No, but most of them want a deeper purpose and will make buying decisions around that deeper purpose. So if you are just a earth killing um, hater, like, don't expect them to come and buy from you because the majority of them think bigger than any other generation before. Like they are, it's important to them to know where their dollars are going and um, what the repercussions of those purchases are. Um, and then the other piece of this is that if your brand is used to doing the easy button, which I talked about in a previous episode, a lot of businesses are used to marketing and a sales process that is just one and done. And the same one size fits all um, solution this generation will have none of that. They want a personalized experience. They want things customized to them. And that is why I'm so adamant and so passionate about creating customized and personalized experiences is because this is the wave of the future, not only for Gen Z, but everybody else is like, hey, I can have that. I want it too. And so they are demanding personalized experiences. And if you don't offer it, you're going to be up a creek without a paddle. And so you need to kind of think through what that process looks like. And if you missed out and you need some help with that, I just did two episodes, numbers 174 and 175, that talk about personalizing and um, interactions and your brand, specifically 175. So um, the, the second piece of this, um, or the third piece of this, you know, them not being that into you or places you might need to make an adjustment with your brand is questioning how authentic are you being with your brand and are you clear about what you stand for in your authenticity? This group of buyers is kind of done with the whole like hiding everything behind a corporate label. They want to know what's actually going on in a company. They want to know um, the organization. They want to know the people within the company. They want to know what they believe in. They want to know if they if their walk matches their talk. And if it doesn't, they will find out and they will burn you in the streets like <laughs> <laughs> there is no, like, there's no nice way about it. Like they will not put up with the shenanigans. Um, and as I look, it's sort of funny. Like I'm just sort of sitting back with my, as a total, total Gen Xer, sitting back with my cocktail and my flip flops on waiting for the next election cycle, because this will be a monumental election. Mark my words. Um, this generation is done with the way things have been run and they are now of voting age all of almost all of them and i it's just going to be like 
it's going to be something to see. That's how I'm going to put it. I don't, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but the fire is burning and these people are ticked. So, um, anyway, I'm just going to sit back with my cocktail and my flip-flops and watch it all come down. <laughs> it's going to be, or watch it all go down, I should say, because it's going to be nothing like we've seen before. And if that is any indicator of where things are going for the future of businesses and the way business is done, we have got to start adapting now because these um, kids are smart, they're passionate, and they um, think and act very differently than other buying groups, including their predecessors, the millennials. Very, very different. Um, their priorities are different. The way that they think about things and go about things are very different. Um, that's all part of, you know, the environment that they've had to grow up in. They grew up during COVID. They've grown up during mass shootings. They've grown up during like all kinds of um, things that we never really had to deal with. Um, and so as Gen X, like we dealt with other things, but um, housing crisis, economy, <laughs> it's just like all kinds of things. Uh, the burning environment. So uh, like it or not, they're aware of it. And these are all important factors for them when they're purchasing. And so if you want to be a, continue to be a player in the marketplace, you've got to think through some of these things and strategize ways that you're going to meet them um, and their demands. So a lot of that comes down to authenticity and they want to know what is actually um, going on with brands and not what you know some phony message that people like to put out um and so that leads us directly into number three which is they buy very very different from their previous um from their predecessors they do not have brand loyalty you have to work really hard to stay in front of them and keep um top of mind you have to be innovative and think of ways to keep them engaged and um, wanting to stay engaged with you because um, they are very willing to try and do different things and new things, much more so than I would say, especially the boomers um, and even some Gen X. Like, I mean, Gen X is pretty adaptive, but these are kids that are raised by Gen X. So they're gonna be even like more off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> our Gen X group, that's us. If you're listening, that's me. Um, and so um, thinking about how you're going to keep these kids loyal, like it's very, very different. Like I look at my kids and um, I'm a huge proponent of email, but it's changing a little bit as they go into the workplace and they're realizing they have to check email and stuff like that, but that's not a place that they like to hang out. And so thinking about, you know, where you're going to meet them and how you're going to stay in front of them and how you're going to get them to be loyal to you is going to take some um, thinking outside the box. And a lot of that is going to come down to customized experience and having um, really, really good, not only customer service, but very, very good products. Not just like, you can't just say I have an organic product. It has to be like the best organic product um, because they have a, 
they have, what am I trying to say? They have a measurement <laughs> for things that they buy that is different than what many businesses are accustomed to. Um, they don't like fast, quick crap. They want it to be really good products. Um, and they're willing to invest in a better quality product than say previous generations who just wanted it now. Um, so brand loyalty is going to be something that definitely is gonna need some focus and some attention and some thinking outside the box. The other is um, unlike a lot of the millennials, they actually like to go and shop in different ways. So they like to be able to shop online, but they also like to go to the mall and um, shop at actual stores, which is really interesting because I, I attribute it to their parents growing up with malls and the nostalgia that they, um, uh, what's the word, instilled into their children. Um, and so they really, uh, enjoy shopping in different ways. And so I don't know that malls will come back, but I really think that um, there's going to be some demand for in-person shopping as well as online shopping because people are kind of tired of, um, I just had this happen with um, one of my kids actually, who was like, God, it's so hard to buy clothes online. And I was like, yeah, it's a nightmare. And so we've moved so much to online purchasing that I think I, I predict you know, take it for what it's worth, that the shift is going to come back around where certain industries are going to have to come back into a in-person space because people are tired of the back and forth um, of not being able to try things on, not being able to touch things, getting things that are not like that don't uh, resemble the description or the pictures. And um, that just takes so much time. And not only that, but I think that the, um, connection opportunity of hanging out the mall um, with friends, even though it's very different than when like, you know, the 80s kids was hang, hang out at the mall. <clears throat> There's still like a, a connection that happens there with them and their friends that um, is a little bit nostalgic to the 80s, but in a different capacity. So if you're if you don't have ways for people to purchase in both aspects, that might be something to consider. And then the other thing is, is that they have a very different perspective about um, how they live their life. Um, they're looking at things from the perspective of making healthier choices so that they live longer. They've seen some of the things that their parents and grandparents have had to struggle with and that they want to try and avoid those things. And so one of the things that comes up is in the alcohol industry, they're more likely to choose um, a non-alcoholic beverage over alcohol. Um, they're more likely to choose snacks over meals. And it's just like, they just have these different preferences. And so the more that you can go and seek out the knowledge about them and, um, kind of dig into their idiosyncrasies a little bit, the more prepared you're going to be to create products and offers and things um, around your offering, your subscription that meets their needs, where they are and um, meets their demands so that 
they choose you over someone else. So let's dive into a few examples. So let's dive into a few examples of companies that are doing this really well and why um, Gen Z tends to purchase from them. So the big one is Apple. Apple does a great job of being innovative. These kids are innovative. They want to know the greatest, latest technology. They probably have helped you and your parents or their grandparents um, program all of the things in their house, including TVs, um, Alexas, um, <laughs> phones, you name it. Um, and so they um, are kings of innovation. They really like to be in the know on the latest and greatest innovations. They also want a seamless buying experience, like sending them through a bunch of loops to do things is not gonna be tolerated. Something that came to mind um, that I'll give an example of that really needs to clean up their act um, <laughs> in this in realm uh, that is a huge provider. They're gonna, oh, they're gonna really struggle with this generation. Um, but they want a seamless user experience, like, and they don't want to have to re-log into things. So single sign-on is really a great way, um, a great example of what I mean, is that they sign in one place and then it signs them in in all the places. They like that. They don't want to have to sign in a bunch of times. Um, they don't want to have to go through a bunch of loops to purchase something. They want it to be easy, which is why they like things like Apple Pay and Google Pay. Um, they don't want to wait around while you figure out your tech or make them jump through a bunch of loops to get things done. And so if you're going through your user experience and you have hiccups there, the time to fix those is now. Um, they grew up with technology and they expect it to work seamlessly all the time. And so if you have hiccups, yikes, wanna get those fixed. Um, one of the things that a lot of businesses don't take into consideration is the mobile responsiveness of their website. And if you don't have an app or a mobily responsive website, they're they're gone. They're just going to find somebody else. They're not going to bother and they're not going to come back. And so um, think about that. And so Apple does all of those things exceptionally well. Plus, um, most Apple products are considered a status symbol with this generation, perhaps any generation. And so um, because they have such deep brand loyalty um, within Apple, they have done, a, they're a great company to mimic actually, um, because most um, people that have an iPhone will then get a whole barrage of Apple products, including AirPods and an iPad and, you know, on and on and on. And so um, they will spend money for that status symbol and also to say that they're part of Apple. And so that's why they made the list as an example. Um, they're really, Apple does a great job in so many respects of meeting this generation where they are, besides um, that a lot of the values that Apple has put into implementation are values that this generation holds important, um, like recycling and upgrading and things like that. So 
Um, next on the list is YouTube. Now, um, I know this from experience that this generation loves YouTube. <laughs> they spend a lot of time on YouTube, learning things, interacting, engaging, being on communities, all kinds of things. Um, they have embraced the tube. And so um, they will take the time to learn anything and they love YouTube because they can learn it for free. And then they can go out and do something with the knowledge or the information. Um, so for example, I have kids that have learned video game, different spots of the video game to get through. Um, one of my kids has learned like everything he can. He follows so many cooking channels about bread. He's a, he loves to make bread. Um, and he's always on there watching a new recipe or a new chef, like fix it a different way. And he's like, really, they will go really deep on subjects, which I think is very different than a lot of other generations because we will go broad and wide and these kids go deep um, and narrow and deep. And so that's something to think about when, if you're creating YouTube content. And then also um, they like the opportunity to connect with content creators and also um, other uh, people that are in the community that have like-minded interests. So for example, if you are a chef and you've created a community around, you know, bagels in New York, like that is so specific that if you live anywhere in the country and you want to make New York bagels because you've never been to New York or you went to New York on vacation and you want to replicate it or whatever, like the community built around that is as important as the content creation. And so um, that is another important factor. If you don't have a community that you're creating around what you're putting out there as content, that would be another area that you could focus on for this generation. Hydroflask is another one. Um, if you haven't, I don't have my Hydroflask here, but they are water bottles. Um, very sustainable company. Um, obviously, they're wanting to replace plastic bottles because they have these metal water water bottles that work exceptionally well. It's another uh, example of an exceptional product. And then they have um, created other like accessories to go with it. Um, and they have a wide variety of different colors and shapes and all these different things that you can get sizes. Um, and like every kid this age has a hydro flask. I'm telling you right now, like it's one of those brands or more than one. And they are just a company that has met again, met this generation where they are, holds the same values, expresses those values authentically. And so they have become a, um, I don't know, what am I trying to say? A leader in what is acceptable for brand for brands in um, to this generation. So, and then the last example that came across, um, which is sort of interesting, it goes back to number uh, number three, them liking to have both in-person and online experiences, but Ulta, Ulta Cosmetics. So if you're not familiar with Ulta, they sold multiple brands of cosmetics and um, they have a great loyalty program so that if you purchase, you can get points and you can use them later to purchase additional products. Um, they have 
a pretty strong online presence where they have experts that come in and will do beauty um, tutorials for the different brands and all sorts of things. Um, and they give advice like, you know, different eye makeup things. There's a lot there to unpack, but they like that because it meets all of those needs. So they can buy the uh, sustainable brands. They can get rewards for their purchases. So they're, you know, getting more for bang for their buck. Um, they're getting the education that they, that they um, crave and want. And um, Ulta's meeting them and meeting all those needs. So that, you know, that they require. And so I give you these examples specifically so you can go and seek them out and see what they're doing right and mimic it with your own business and your own subscription and your own um, model. Because all of these things that we're talking about could become subscription models in one shape, form, or another. So that's what we have this week is three ways to attract and um, engage Generation Z buyers. And I'm just gonna recap them really quick. And then I would love to know from you in the comments where you are with your Generation Z strategy. Have you started? Are you completely lost? Are you like going gangbusters? Or are you somewhere in the middle? Let me know in the comments where you're at with your strategy, I'd love to know. And here's a recap of this week. Uh, number one is meeting them where they are. Number two is making sure that your brand aligns with their values. Number three is to remember that they purchase and make buying decisions differently than any other generation. And to take that into consideration when you're creating not only your product offers, but all of your marketing and sales um, messaging around that so that you are addressing them in the ways that they expect. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. Appreciate you being here. If you have um, somebody else that would enjoy this episode, I would love for you to share it with them. And again, I want to know where you're at with your Gen Z strategy. So leave a comment below. And if you think I missed something that I'm always open to learn, please leave it below. And maybe we can do another episode on it. So in the meantime, this episode, I think, is coming out either right at the end of the year or right, right at the beginning of the year. Um, so happy 2024 to you. And I look forward to another year of helping you optimize and create your subscriptions. So be well, take care, and I'll see you soon. Did you miss something in the show today? Didn't have time to take notes listening on the go? No worry, I've taken notes for you. You can head on over to dtcgrowthclub.com forward slash podcast and there will be links and a description to today's episode. In the meantime, take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon.